It's the Healthy Woman Show on WJR with Marie Osborne and Dr. Jonathan Zaden. Presented by Women's Excellence. Now here's your host, Marie Osborne. And welcome into another edition of the Healthy Woman Show here on WJR. It has been a great year, Dr. Zayden, and I can't believe that we're wrapping up our fourth year of the Healthy Woman Show. We just got started. You know, this goes by so fast. Year after year, we talk about different things, and sometimes these things overlap. But the interesting thing is, and I think we've talked about this in the past, is technology changes things. And now we're starting to see things we talked about in this show that we're doing even better today. I mean, things are better in medicine uh, even today. We've got a lot of new uh, and improved ways of doing things like like our telemedicine programs and things like that that didn't really exist when we started this show. Absolutely. Well, we have a great show lined up for you today as we close out 2022. Yeah, that's, you know, I think we have um, a lot of things. We got the holidays right around the corner. We've got just, we're just gonna dedicate this show to like really new beginnings and how we focus on uh, the new year and our health, wellness, and how we plan for 2023 from, from a health perspective. Absolutely, never too late to turn over a new leaf when it comes to our health. And for the last time this year, by the way, we'll be putting Dr. Zayden on the hot seat to answer your specific women's health questions. All of that is coming up on the show on The Healthy Woman Show. Stay right here, we'll be right back. the Healthy Woman Show here on WJR. I'm Marie Osborne, alongside, as always, Dr. Jonathan Zayden. As 2022 comes to a close, a lot of people are taking this time to reflect on the past year. It's always a good thing. And I know you always like to take time during our last show of the year, Dr. Zayden, to thank the community of supporters that you have gathered up around you. Well, I mean, you know, as a doctor, you wouldn't be much unless you had patients, right? But you were also not much unless you have great staff, right? So, you know, we always like to, you know, thank our patients at the end of the year for all the all, all the patients they've had as patients. I think I will use that term twice and not loosely because, I mean, it's been a year of COVID, right? So we like to thank our staff. We'd like to thank all the all the people that really, you know, came together and continued to provide care even when people were out sick most of the time you know unexpectedly and for longer durations of time because of covid and all the unrest and that's really been going on for the last couple of years right really not just last year but you know really just thanking everyone you know for listening you know and and I hear a lot of great feedback you know there's many times where I'm at an event or I'm with friends and they're like I was listening to your show and it made me think about that totally differently or you know in some cases we'll see some of them as patients in some cases we um have given them great advice in some cases they're planning to do it for next year which is kind of a good segue to the show we're doing right now right i mean you know people are listening and they're 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 taking in all this information and i think it's really great and i'd like to thank everybody for that Absolutely. So thanking your patients, the employees, listeners, as always. So this year, you've talked a lot about improving your office and internal processes. 
to make healthcare convenient and more efficient for patients. You know, as patients, we don't see that, but you know how critical that is to make sure that your patients get new care and the best care. What's one of your biggest goals for 2023? You know, I think if I were looking at a, uh, a Chinese calendar, this would be the year of the patient. Because if you think about this, we've changed everything that we do. We've talked about that in the show, but really, it's really about the patient, time, convenience, right? We've seen life differently. We've never been forced to experience life the way we did two years ago and have that long duration of doing so. And now we look at things differently. We look at our time more as a, a commodity as opposed to something that we've always just used. And as a result of that, I think if there's one goal that I have for Women's Excellence, it's to make sure that we're matching our business with the needs of our patients. And I think that is the first and foremost thing that we need to pay attention to. And we're doing that with everything that we do. I mean, I'm doing more virtual visits than I've ever done. And, you know, that's easy to say, right, because we're in the infancy, so we're going to grow. But I think we're almost at like 40 to 50 percent virtual uh, time now. I mean, I do almost as much virtual time as I do uh, regular time. And I don't think that impacts our care at all. And then transitioning our offices to be more convenient right, for patients when they actually come into the office. So when they get there, it's more convenient. And that, you know, is a myriad of things that a lot of patients are experiencing in in, in many doctor's offices, like self-check-in processes and, you know, text reminders and all these things that we're doing. But we're really looking at taking all of those things and really streamlining them more and more each day. And so I, I really expect by the end of 2023, we will have kind of completed that mission so that you really will only need to come to the office for the things that you really need to come for. And the things that you don't need to come for, we will send out uh, people to draw your blood. We will send out kits for you to get the thing, you know, cultures and things that you need. We'll be doing all of that stuff right at the convenience of your house, your work, all of those types of things so that you can use your time the way you want to use it. And, you know, take that commodity and really value it as opposed to what we're doing now where we sit in the waiting room for two, two hours sometimes or three hours. Right. We see that. I see that. My staff sees it and we feel like that's where we got to go. And then we also want to start giving back. You know, we really want to start um, really thinking about how can we give back to community, you know, so in multiple different ways, we're looking at putting together a scholarship foundation and so forth to really help, you know, foster the people that we're going to need in the future are the people that we need to help. Right. People, nurses that want to become nurse practitioners, physician assistants, all of those types of, of, of personnel that we're going to need. And then people who just are in a bad spot and need a little extra care. Those are the things that we're really focused on. And I'd like to remind our listeners, when this show started four years ago, it was Dr. Zayden who first talked to us about these things called virtual visits. And we were just all ears about, well, how's that going to work? And how do I make the appointment? And what's that going to feel like when I don't see the doctor? And then the pandemic hit. 
And we all got a real big taste of what that was like. You really were prescient in your uh, thinking, Dr. Zayden. I'll always remember that about you, that you really were ahead of the curve on that one, on something that we're all doing here today. Well, I can tell you that we're, we just have uh, tipped the iceberg here on that. And I think uh, people are going to really see how we can do that because now we've really thought about how to do it. So it's not just a function of doing it, but we really thought about how to do it because, you know, let's face it. I mean, you can get on a telemedicine or virtual doc or doc on call uh, program and pay your, you know, X amount of dollars. And, and really what they do is they take care of the most minimal thing. And then they send you to your doctor or the emergency room or an urgent care, right? We're looking at how do we utilize technology to keep you out of the urgent care, the emergency room, all those things, and still allow you to get great care in a timely fashion. Because let's face it, the reason that people are calling is because they want this done relatively quickly. They don't want a, a virtual visit in, in two weeks from their doctor. They want a virtual visit in one to two hours from somebody who knows who they are and that's what we need to do but then we also have to extend that service doesn't matter if you come in uh, via a virtual mechanism and then you got to come into the office to draw your blood or to drop off call and all that if you still got to do it then you got to do it we want to make that easier too and that's what i'm excited about in 2023 and i think you're going to see a lot of people doing it i think we've got some great ideas and i'm super excited to do well, when we continue here on the Healthy Woman Show on WJR, we're going to talk about enhancing your life. Dr. Zayden always talks about this, but we're going to spend some time really looking into that. Stay with us. We'll be right back. here on the Healthy Woman Show on WJR. If you're looking to make some changes in the new year, you may want to just check out the new Women's Excellence Enhance Office that's specializing in services and treatments all about making your life better. Dr. Zayden, tell us more about this and how it truly can make someone's life better. We looked at medicine and we looked at the necessary medicine. When you're having a problem, you need to be cared for. And then we thought there's a whole subset of medicine that really you need, and you're not sure that you even want to talk about it to anyone, but you really kind of need it, but it would certainly enhance your life, right? The, you know, self-esteem, anxiety fertility issues you don't really want to share with your friends, sexual function issues, you know, hormonal issues. You don't really want to talk about your hormones. It's funny to joke about somebody who's hormonal, but it's a lot more it's a lot more difficult to go talk to your friend and say, I think my hormones are out of whack and I'm I, I feel like I'm 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 stressed out all the time. These types of issues, right? And, and just overall wellness, as well as the aesthetics, right? Sometimes, you know, things that you just would like to improve that are, that are small, small things that would make you feel a lot better. Hair loss would be another one. Those things that could enhance your life that you don't typically just talk about to anyone else were things that we decided we wanted to focus on. And that's why we built that practice called Enhance. And, and you know, quite frankly, I mean, our provider there, Susie Marcoux, is already full 
I mean, she's basically seeing patients um, the entire time. And I believe that um, we will be, you know, adding to the office uh, relatively soon and maybe even bringing those types of offices to different locations that we have around the city because people want that type of, of care. Can we talk a little more about sexual dysfunction? Of course, you said this is something that people don't really like to talk about. No kidding. Um, so why do you think this is such a taboo subject in women's in women's health specifically? And what services do you provide to improve uh, women's sexual function? I think the big thing here is that people don't really understand female sexual dysfunction. They kind of have a mechanical vision of male sexual dysfunction, but it's really difficult to have that same vision for female sexual dysfunction, right? But there's a whole lot of different items that are are problemsome. You know, just nerve endings because a woman loses hormones as they age, where as the man continues to produce testosterone the entire time. So then there's lubrication and all the other things that go along with the sexual response in a woman. That's really hard for people to understand. And then there's just the aging process in general. And so because from a male perspective, we kind of have a more of a visual perspective of it, we can kind of understand what those medicines do. But it's a lot harder for us to understand it from a female perspective. And I don't really want to go into it on the show and on the air. But what I can tell you is we can make a huge difference. But, you know, you have to be open and honest and you have to be willing to want to do these these things to help. But, you know, we have, you know, special, you know, platelet rich plasma shots that we can give to help with nerve endings and help with, you know, overall blood supply down down in the genitalia of females. And so there's, you know, muscle strengtheners, there's all kinds of different things, hormonal treatments. So there's a lot of stuff that we can really do. But I think that overall, people just don't want to talk about that that much. And when they do talk about it, it's very uncomfortable. Can you uh, just talk about a couple of things specifically? The PRPO shot, Amcella, uh, the treatment for the recurrent vaginitis and so on? Well, these are things that I, that I was talking about earlier. Platelet-rich plasma is PRP, right? So what we do is we we spin down your, your blood to get to a really small supernatant of material that ultimately has a lot of factors that help uh, really angiogenesis and, and really help to increase your blood supply. And everybody knows if there's more blood supply, the tissue's more healthy. Right. We know that, uh, you know, just just from how we heal. Right. If you if you have an injury, say a, a softball hits your arm and and you you have an injury, you know, it swells and it gets red and, and warm. Right. That's all that blood supply that Mother Nature is bringing in there to heal that. Right. We need blood supply to, to have healthy tissue. And what that does is it makes the tissue more healthy. And then things like Mcella, we've talked about that a lot on the show, but it works very, very well by strengthening the pelvic floor muscles to give you better control. And it, and it helps you with the sexual response as well. So there's a lot of things that we do. And then again, you know, hormonal therapies and, you know, just making sure that, you know, people don't have uh, small infections and stuff that can cause you know, problems that are endogenous infections. They're they're not necessarily a bad bacteria, but maybe overgrowth of bacteria because people are getting older and the hormone situation has changed and and you know the the tissue wasn't meant to uh to be used much past reproduction. 
you know, it's hard for even me to say that on the radio, but it's the truth, right? I mean, you know, once you're done with that whole ovulatory process and the ability to have a have a child, well, that becomes somewhat expendable. And, and but that's not the way we live our lives, right? We we live our lives very uh, you know, very risque in the 60s and 70s, right? Uh, you know, 80 years old still. So, you know, we know that because we've got, you know, villages in Florida, right, that are, uh, that are you know, talked about all the time in OBGYN circles for sexually transmitted diseases. Actually, studies are done there. So there's a lot of people in those age groups that need this care. That's why we put this together. And what about the enhanced office specializing in weight loss and hormonal management? What makes the program different from other weight loss programs out there? I just think it's so comprehensive. You know what I mean? I mean, we're looking at every aspect and we're looking at all your hormonal aspects and all that. We're not just, you know, we're not just, you know, giving you a meal plan or, uh, uh, you know, buy our food with has a certain amount of calories in it and so on and so forth. We're looking at the the whole body from a hormonal perspective and what we can do. And we're using the latest medications to help. If you can't help yourself and we do need medications and we can't do it with normal behavioral type products, then we use medications. But we have access to all the latest and different mechanisms to, to work. I mean, there's things that are fat blockers or things that work at the at your CNS or your central nervous system at the level of the brain to help you curtail your appetite. There's things that are stimulants to help improve your metabolism. There's all of those things. There's combination medications, and they all require you know strict medical uh, guidance. And I think that's what enhances is there to do. We're not just there to tell you just stop eating. We're there to give you that kind of uh, support that you need, both medicinally and behaviorally, to get you to that next level. And again, make you feel better and reside in that mission of enhancing your life. That's what we want to do. And we want our listeners also to know that you do not need a referral to schedule an appointment at Enhance. Uh, the office is conveniently located in front of the main OBGYN office. It's on Royal Oak, just south of 14 Mile, right on Woodward Avenue. You can't miss it. It's on the east side of the street. And when we come back here on the Healthy Woman Show, we are going to put uh, Dr. Zayden on the hot seat. We love this segment. Jessica Rousset, patient outreach coordinator, joining us for Ask the Doc. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Healthy Woman Show. And alongside Dr. Jonathan Zayden, we're welcoming in Jessica Rousset, the patient co outreach coordinator at Women's Excellence. She joins us every episode of the Healthy Woman Show. She brings a giant mailbag. <laughs> Actually, it's her computer because who reads snail mail anymore, right, Jessica? You've got a lot of great questions for the doc today. I do. I went through and compiled some of the more popular ones. And then some of these we've never talked about before. So we got a little bit of everything today. So I will jump right in. The first one is I'm in my late 20s and my period just started being or becoming unusually heavy. Should I be concerned? Yes and no. I mean, periods will fluctuate, but um, clearly, um, you know, if it's getting extremely heavy, you need to be concerned about it. 
And the reason you need to be concerned about it is because, you know, as people get, you know, uh, more of a heavy uh, cycle, right, they might have pathology associated with that cycle, like a fibroid. Um, I did a surgery today that had a uterine septum and a fibroid, which is a benign smooth muscle tumor inside the uterus. I do believe it will be benign, but I did sample it for pathology. And now we have a good idea of what's going on. And when we looked elsewhere in the valley, we saw other things. So that heavy bleeding might be a normal fluctuation of the cycle, but if it's persistent, you definitely need to look for other pathologies because you might be able to take care of them sooner rather than later and minimize that in someone's life long-term because the care might be different if we wait too long. How do fibroids even come about? That's my one of my questions. <laughs> well, the uterus is, is made of smooth muscle and fibroids are really little world components of smooth muscle. So they're little muscular components that have their own blood supply. And then there's, you know, some, uh, it's a complicated hormonal and, you know, inflammatory cascade that happens that make people bleed more when they have those fibroids in most cases. But, uh, but that's how, that's what they are. So in most cases, like I said, benign, 99.6% benign, I think only 0.4% of fibroids are malignant. Uh, but, you know, nonetheless, we do have to pay attention to them. They should be followed. We need to know that they're there, right? And then also, we can sometimes mitigate some of the, you know, heavy bleeding that somebody has if we know they're there and some of the things that we can do. All right. Um, we've done this question before, but I love this one because I think someone listening that hasn't heard it before can uh, get a lot from it or share the information with someone. But how would a woman know if their periods are too heavy or too painful? Well, I think, you know, a while back, and I don't know if I answered this similarly last time, but um, a while back, um, they used to have the same, the, the same criterion to do a hysterectomy and an endometrial ablation. And endometrial ablations stop the periods, but they don't really help. They can't uh, get pregnant after an ablation but they avoid a hysterectomy. The reason I bring that up is because of about, you know, seven or eight years ago, they changed that. And they said, it's not the same criterion anymore. It's when a patient perceives that their periods are too heavy and become interruptive into their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take that indication and, and extend it to the answer to your question. And that, how does a woman know when her period is too much? I would tell you when they perceive it's too much, when it interrupts their life, when it's a significant change from what they've had, when they feel tired after their period, when they've been diagnosed with anemia with no other cause, but they know they're having heavy periods. And when they're changing, you know, feminine protection, you know, a good majority of the day, they're changing protection. And it's not just one day, but it's two, three, four days or more. That's when I think it's too heavy. So there isn't one quantifiable way. There has been many studies to try to quantify how much blood loss, you know, so, you know, they can do studies to see whether certain treatments work, right? So there's pad counts and weighing menstrual pads and doing all those types of things, none of which are applicable to the normal human being that lives in their home. So I would tell you it's perception and then the remainder of those things that I just talked about. 
That's interesting because I know a lot of times women say that their doctor won't listen to them. And that's exactly what you're saying to do. <laughs> well, I really believe that's the whole key to medicine is listening. I mean, medicine between your provider and yourself, it's a relationship. I don't know any relationships that do well without communication. Right. Exactly. All right. Next one is um, what non-hormonal treatments are available for vaginal dryness? Well, I think, um, you know, there's a lot of different things. Like you can just use uh, over-the-counter lubricants. You can use um, you can use things like, uh, for example, some of these uh, PRP shots will help to increase some of the activity and glandular activity of the vaginal wall. So that's another way of doing it. There's there's medicines other than just standard hormones that are also hormonal in nature, but different than the standard estrogen or progesterone that can help with that. Um, there's um, uh, laser vaginal rejuvenation, for example, where we stimulate the vaginal wall. There's not a lot of uh, you know FDA supported data on that, but we clearly see a difference when we treat people. They get you know more uh, blood vessel. Uh, growth in the vagina. And then when they get that, they end up having more secretions, more lubrication. So those are those are the main ones. All right. I get several UTIs a year. What could be causing this? You know, there, there are so many things that can cause urinary tract infections. The first thing is to make sure that someone's metabolically healthy, right? I mean, a, a, you know, one of the things I always do as a first line is I always check, is there glucose in the urine? And when's the last time we've checked a hemoglobin A1C? And when's the last time we checked a random glucose? Because I want to know, are they diabetic? That's one, right? A second one would be if they have, you know, congenital uh, difficulties, like they could have a little diverticulum of the urethra or something in, in the kidney or something that that kind of causes the bacteria to, to, to coagulate in those areas. Um, you could have what we call a cystocele where your bladder doesn't empty completely because there's, you know, it's, it's, it's got like a hernia to it. So there's always a certain amount of urine there. One of the big common ones that I see in postmenopausal women, when I ask them is, I always ask that question. I say, do you dribble urine from time to time? Do you ever leak small amounts of urine out? And they say, yes. Well, there's a little tiny sphincter in between the bladder and the, and the urethral tube coming out. And that little sphincter is like a little gate to keep the urine in in low pressure situations. And it also keeps the bacteria out. It keeps it past that area. And then when you when you urinate, you've kind of flushed the tube out and you get all the bacteria out. If that tube, if that sphincter is not, not very closed, we call that intrinsic sphincter deficiency. That can cause recurrent UTI. So all of these things are evaluated very simply in the office. You know, first we test you, we treat you, we make sure that we're treating the right bacteria. We have much better probes for that now. We're developing actually at Women's Excellence a, a, a new um, set of technologies that will be in our own physician lab that will allow us to do PCR testing directly on the urine to get all of the all of the specimens and then also get antibiotic resistance. So if you have a recurrent UTI, we've got a lot of ways to work you up and figure out why you're getting it. There's no doubt about that. Awesome. All right. Couple questions on menopause. The first one being, how can I tell if I'm going into menopause? And I always get questions that are like, is it just going to happen one day? Am I going to wake up and I'm in menopause? Well, it rarely happens in one day, but I can tell you that I have people that swear that it did. 
I mean, that they were doing absolutely fine. And then all of a sudden they get hot flashes or night sweats. And and I don't doubt them because, you know, they know how they feel much more than I do. I think it happens over time. Um, I think most people believe that. That's why we call it perimenopause, right? Peri meaning around the menopause. So it's that time period around the menopause, maybe a year before and that while you go through it and that year after, because there's like a, a transition of the way you produce hormones. And, and really, you don't really know it unless you're getting some of the symptoms, right? So the symptoms would be irregular periods, either, you know, um, less frequent, right? So instead of every 28 days, it becomes, you know, 56 days one time, 45 days another time, those types of things. Um, maybe differences in flow. So, you know, where you used to have heavy periods, they're lighter, or where you used to have lighter, more normal periods, you get super heavy periods one time and then less the next. That all tells you that your hormones are kind of changing. And it's that change really that becomes the menopause. You go from producing hormone to not producing hormone, but there's that interim time period that you go through where you have all those other symptoms. Some people get really excessive breast tenderness, or they notice there's a decrease in the size of the breast because of less estrogen. They can get hot flashes, night sweats. Again, we were talking about sexual dysfunction. They can get decreased lubrication in the vagina because that tissue is more uh, estrogen sensitive. So all of those things can be indicators that they're, you know, starting to begin that change from being hormone producing to non-hormone producing, at least from an estrogen and a progesterone perspective, which is really what menopause is. So what about bleeding after menopause? That's my next question. Uh, should you worry if that happens? You know, I think this is probably the least talked about topic that needs to be talked about. And that is, and the reason I say this is because we see so many people that are diagnosed late with endometrial or uterine type cancers. And it's usually the same thing. It's usually, well, you know, I, I stopped having periods in 2020 and I didn't have a period for a year and a half, but then I started to get some periods but they were really irregular. That is not normal. Mm -hmm. If you stop having periods for greater than a year and you start bleeding again, you need to be evaluated. And you need to be evaluated relatively quickly. You don't want to wait for two years and then, you know, until you have some heavy bleeding and then have to come in. So that's something that if there's one thing that I hope that, you know, this show in 2022 can tell people is that. If you're bleeding irregularly and you stopped bleeding before, assume that it is not normal. Don't assume that you started having your periods again. And if you did for some reason and there was a cessation of your hormone production for a short period of time, then it'll be a, a simple workup and, and we'll figure that out. But if you don't figure that out and it really isn't because of your hormones and it's because you have an abnormality, the stage of that tumor can change dramatically. So you want to be evaluated right away. Postmenopausal bleeding is a big deal. That's good information. Um, let's see. That's the one I get all the time is um, what does the thyroid actually do? <laughs> I, I would tell you that the thyroid is really the keeper of your metabolism. So if you're if your thyroid isn't working, you're not working. You know, you have to, you know, if it's overactive, you can get a lot a myriad of different things. 
you know, so, you know, imagine yourself taking a stimulant. That's what really a thyroid acts like. So you can get really sweaty, cold, clammy, um, heart palpitations, all those things. The same things if you were to, if, if you were to take uh, too many energy drinks, right? That's what your thyroid typically does. If you don't have enough thyroid, then you typically get dry skin. It's, uh, you know, you don't have much skin turgor. You're very tired lethargic some people have lower heart rates lower blood pressure you know they they just overall don't feel well at all you know they feel tired all the time those are the mainstays there's a lot of other nuances and thyroid you know there can be things like graves disease hashimoto's thyroiditis and these are all things that we can figure out as as doctors so it's not that i don't understand them or i can't talk to you about them but on the on the air i think our listeners really want to know you know what are those signs and that and that's really the signs you know very tired dry skin those types of things fatigue that's usually low thyroid heart racing sweaty clammy agitated irritable that's that's more hyperthyroid perfect i think we got time for one more let's see Man, um, you really put me on the seat here. It's, <laughs> the seat's getting warmer and warmer every show. <laughs> okay, let's try this one. Um, I have thin tissue in the vaginal area, and it's very dry. My doctor recommended estrogen cream, but it burns and itches. What other options do I have? Well, I mean, I'll make this kind of brief because I know we don't have a lot of time. But, I, you know, one of the things that you have to remember, when you get a cream, there's hormone in the cream. And then there's the base of the cream. And so it could be the base of the cream that's causing the irritation. It might be the hormone choice is right, but the base of the cream is causing it. So there's a way to change that. You can go to a different brand of cream or a different type of cream, or there's something called S-string, which I like, or Vagifem, which is a pill. S-string is a, is a small little ring. It almost reminds me of the diaphragms of, of the past, but you place it in the vagina. It has estrogen impregnated into it. You don't have to do anything for it and, it, and it releases that all the time. It works extremely well, and it lasts for three months at a time, and it's not messy, so that's a good way of doing it. Doctors, excellent answers. <laughs> Jessica, as always, you pick out some great questions for Dr. Zayden to tackle. Really a wide variety of topics that were very necessary to bring out into the open. Thanks, Jessica. Have a great new year. We'll see you again next year, of course, here on the Healthy Woman Show. And Dr. Zayden, stay with us. We have one more uh, segment to go. We want to do a bit of a recap with you. So, We'll be right back here on The Healthy Woman Show. And we're back here on The Healthy Woman Show with Dr. Jonathan Zayden. In our closing uh, few minutes that we have, Dr. Zayden, could you just give some advice to women uh, in regards to healthcare planning for 2023? I would give people the same um the same advice I give my my son, you know, you got to set achievable goals for yourself. You got to you got to make it realistic, right? You got to set a goal that you can achieve. You know, if if you're ten years old and you want to start playing basketball, you gotta you got to achieve that you can make uh, four or five three free throws in a row. You can't expect to be in the NBA the next year. That's not going to happen. It's not achievable. You have to make an achievable goal for yourself on what you want to do. If you want to get healthy, you have to you have to 
make dedicated time to do that. And you have to be proactive in your healthcare. You know, you have to make sure that you're, you're getting your annual exams, you're getting examined, you're getting a mammogram, you're getting, you know, colorectal screening. I mean, you know, colorectal cancers, you know, uh, GI cancers, colon cancer are, are high cancers in the United States for women. And, you know, yet so many people, um, even when we do exams for them, um, they they're they shy away from that. They don't want to talk about that, right? So these are things that are important. And then I think just exercising, eating well, and then keeping yourself mentally healthy. I mean, if there's if there's one goal that you can really try to achieve, it's figure out what ten things you like to do and start doing them in 2023. You know, life is not a dress rehearsal. This is the real show. We're all living it. And, you know, if you want your health to be better, you have to start with your attitude. You have to be positive. And in order to get a good positive attitude, especially with everything that's going on, all the challenges we have in, in, in 2023, and they seem to just keep piling on. I know everyone feels the same way. Doctors feel that way. People that work at home now, even virtually, they feel like they're doing the work of two employees now from home. I mean, there's just so much going on. You have to be positive and you have to figure out the things that you like to do and then start doing them, giving yourself a little free time, giving yourself some good mental energy. And I think those are the things that you can you can set those goals and, and the rest will take care of itself. Now, I know you've got a lot of exciting things coming up at Women's Excellence in 2023, a lot of great stuff on the horizon. So what's to come? I know one of the things is virtual care. You'd like to talk a little more about that. Well, you know, I can't. I can't tell you enough. I mean, it really goes on what I just said. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, you know, if if your goal is to is to maintain a better attitude, the first thing you need to do is create time to do it. And that's why we're creating time for people using virtual care. Right. We want to make sure that somebody can spend two more hours, you know, with their son or their daughter or their grandson or doing whatever they need to do. Right instead of spending it at the doctor's office. So start with that. So, you know, balance your time. And we think that virtual care is the way to do that. So I'm very excited about it. We we have a program at Women's Excellence called Specialty Virtual Care. We plan on um, really uh, focusing on this moving forward. And the thing about the virtual care that we're going to provide, and I think I kind of touched on this earlier, is that we don't want the care to be any less than what it is if we saw you in person. We actually want the care to be better because we can follow you at a, at a at a tighter interval because you have the time to do stuff. You know, you have the time to get to that virtual visit versus you may not be able to book time out for three weeks. So we might by the time we see you and then get your blood and then see you back in three weeks, we can do all that virtually in maybe four to seven days. So that's a big difference. And sometimes maybe three days. So I think that's, you know, something I'm very excited about. And you talked very quickly as we close out, you talked about those home uh, blood draws and how in, uh, that that's a, a wave of the future and things to come. Well, I don't know that it's a wave for the future, but I've made a personal investment to determine how can we make that a reality? I think we've got some of the logistics down. I mean, there's certainly no one specific source to get people to come to your house to draw blood. 
I mean, you have to take into account safety. You have to take into account, you know, availability of phlebotomists. You have to take into account, you know, where you would get the blood, how you coordinate that. Those are all important things. We, we've, I think, solved some of them. Of course, as we learn, we'll, we'll know even more, but we know that we can make it more convenient than it is today. And if somebody gets an abnormality with a blood test, right? We can get right back on a virtual call right away and speak with them about that abnormality and arrange all the testing. And if it's gynecologic testing that we can hand, handle in our office, we can do it right away. These are the things that are gonna change people's lives moving forward, giving them more time to do the things to be positive. Dr. Zayden, I'm sure you wanna wish our listeners a happy and healthy new year. And of course, a great holiday season. We're grateful for you and all of your uh, know-how and your knowledge and your positive attitude here on the Healthy Woman Show. So thank you. We hope you have a great year as well. I'd like to thank everybody. And I thank everybody for the opportunity to provide some insight into a lot of these conditions that, that people experience every day and make a little common sense out of uh, this myriad of, of medical terminology that we call uh, standard medical care. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you again in 2023 on The Healthy Woman Show right here on WJR. The Healthy Woman Show has been presented by Women's Excellence. 